And good morning, Memphis. Welcome to the morning show on this big Friday show. I am so thankful it is Friday and really has just been a really fun week. But Fridays, you guys know, are my favorite day because, yes, Saturday is I can see it right around the corner, but you guys know we pull in some cool people on Friday, and we panel them up with each other. We roll through some headlines. So today on our Friday with Friends panel, thought I would bring in someone the entire city of Memphis seems to know, and that is journalist Amy Sparopoulos and also Trainer Jennings. Do you guys remember him? He went viral for the first time when he stood in a pothole that basically was as tall as him. Um, he jumped inside the pothole. He took a video, he posted it on TikTok, it went viral. And then also, he made headlines recently where he did a drive-along with Memphis police officers. And it just so happened to be the night that there was a violent thugling that went on a shooting spree. And Trainer ended up in the back of the car with the thug. It was crazy. He came by the studio. Trainer's just well-known and well-loved around the community, but specifically law enforcement. So both of those two people, though they have never met before are going to be in studio together. And the common denominator is they love Memphis and they're super fun. So it makes sense for Friday. Also at 8.07 this morning, an exclusive, only going to hear on the morning show, Mark White, our state representative, he chairs the education committee in the state house. He is going to be live in studio. And that is because he's responding to intense backlash he's facing for proposing to add an extra six new members to the school board. Basically, that would allow the state and Governor Bill Lee to say, okay, MSCS, you were one of the most incompetent school bodies in America. We want to add some accountability and we want to add some logic to the school board. Of course, the nine current members of the Shelby County School Board are livid. They're freaking out. They're mad. So anyways, he wrote a letter yesterday in a KWAM exclusive and it's on our website. And basically, you can read it for yourself. He says, the state of Tennessee has lost all confidence in Tennessee's largest school district because the kids can't read. And then maybe more relevant is the fact that they cannot find a school superintendent for the life of them. But that is news of the day because the school board members are expected to announce, drumroll please, a new school superintendent today. Woohoo! Which is going to be really interesting because they pulled in three um, black women from all over the country when they already have a pretty competent person who's their interim right now. And we'll ask Mark White about this when he's in studio because this the representative is suggesting that they keep the interim Tony Williams right now while they can actually conduct a full and actual comprehensive superintendent search. At 7.35 this morning, we are going to have a new voice on the morning show. Amy Beth Shaver, she is a radio talk show host in Alabama with Alabama Unfiltered. So basically, it's a group of three people. They sit in a room. They're super fun. It's two girls and a guy. Think the South. And they are our bread and butter here because they say anything without a filter, hence their name, Alabama Unfiltered. And one of the hosts is going to be dropping by, lady by the name of Amy. I joined their show um, not too long ago to talk some politics. I know Todd and them are friends as well. And we'll talk about maybe one of the most jaw-dropping moments in America history. In American history, excuse me. Which was the President of the United States announcing to the public, to the world, that he was going to hold a press conference at 745. 
last night. That word went out about 7 o'clock in the evening, leaving the entire world to wonder if he was going to step down as president of the United States, where we're going to declare war on Vladimir Putin because he sat down with Tucker Carlson. We just didn't know. Kaylee McEnany, the former White House press secretary, was on Fox last night talking about this in real time. The fact that we didn't know what was going to be coming out of the president's mouth. I want you to take a listen to this. We just saw an unmitigated disaster play out before our very eyes. We just watched a wounded political animal hobble to a podium and react with defensiveness, with anger. And you know it's bad, Jesse, when you have the White House press corps. They are essentially an extension of the Joe Biden press and communications team. When they are shouting at him, asking repeatedly, are you going to step aside, Mr. President? The CNN correspondent asking that. When NBC, NBC of all places, writes a headline, a nightmare special counsel report triggers panic among Democrats. And when you have a president who for 45 minutes announces a press conference with no topic, giving the world 45 minutes to speculate, is he stepping aside? What would life be like under a President Kamala Harris? For 45 minutes, the nation got to feel that panic, and I don't think they will forget it come November. Yeah, we were upstairs thinking... Whether we'll gonna- cut in real quick, but that was an exchange on Fox News following that press conference. Todd texted me because he was watching it live. I caught the tail end and then went back and watched it. He said, Ben, this is insane. You, you've got to stop what you're doing and listen to the president. Because the president was saving face. Because he got in a lot of trouble with a new report from the special counsel that was looking into his documents case. And basically, what the special counsel, Robert Hur found was that Though Joe Biden did willfully retain materials that were classified that would put American lives at risk in harm's way, we will bring no charges to this president because he is, quote, an elderly, poor man with a bad memory. So therefore, we can't bring any charges I mean, think about that for one second. So he cannot testify before a jury with these charges, but he can have his hand on our nuclear codes. That's not cool with me. So anyways, back to the press conference. That's why he did this, because people think that Joe Biden is just this sweet, old, loving, old. He doesn't have any bad intentions. He's grandpa. No, he's an evil, devious man. And he was embarrassed because we saw the lawyers and attorneys representing President Biden come out with this scathing report, which was this report that cited the president's bad memory was so unethical, so unmoral. The guy is competent and therefore the president needed to address the world and let everybody know that he is competent, that his mind is intact and he's not losing it. And this is what it sounded like. Cut nine. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out- is your... I would push back on that. Yes, you are an orderly man, but you've destroyed this country. 
Um, and I think it was completely intentional. This guy is not just delusional. But as he is explaining to Americans that this special counsel report, which uncovered evidence that President Biden is simply stupid and he's losing his mind, he is fully competent and then goes on to say this. This is unbelievable. Cut five. Conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. Oh, my God. He actually thinks that we're sharing a border with Egypt or that Gaza is sharing a border with Mexico. I don't know what's more concerning. What's really disgusting is the reason he brought those comments out and even referred to that is because he's facing so much backlash from the pro-Hamas supporters that we saw on the bridge over the weekend, right? Because Gaza and free free Palestine. So he tries to address it and ends up referring to the president of Mexico as CC of Egypt. So in this report, and all of this is on ToddStarns.com. Todd breaks it down very well. But when they sat down and interviewed President Biden and this special counsel investigation, what they found involving the president's memory and his recollection, his recollections, excuse me, during his two day interview with investigators in October left them absolutely mouth on the ground, jaw dropping testimony. He did not remember when he was vice president. This is in the report. He forgot on the first day of the interview when his term ended, if it was 2013. When did I stop being vice president? He asked the special counsel. He forgot the second day of the interview when his term began back in 2009, asking again the special counsel, am I still the vice president? No, you're the president of the United States, sir. They go on to detail in this report that President Biden did not remember even within several years when his son, Bo died. His son that he will use any time his bad foreign policy decisions kill U.S. troops. Yes, that son, how he can quote unquote empathize with families, these gold star families. He did not even know when his son, Bo died. If you look down through the report, President Biden and his memory appeared hazy. When describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him, this is all in the special counsel's report. As I said, the attorneys for President Biden came forward and attacked the special counsel, saying that it's hardly fair to concede that President Biden would be asked about events. Years in the past, pressed him to give the best recollections and then fault him for his limited memory. Well... I mean, it is his son, and you should know when your son passed away. But he referred to this and brought it up, and he said, how dare this special counsel in this presser last night ask him such a personal question. Take a listen to this. 
I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. So a lot of people are saying, and if you jump online, the media has completely turned their backs on this administration. They went from carrying his water, being an extension of this administration, to basically calling for his head. And a lot of people are thinking right now that we know that President Biden really is not calling the shots in the White House. We know that it is probably President Biden or President Obama, excuse me, Valerie Jarrett. Who knows who is behind closed doors? Maybe Michelle Obama. But he's being handled. So who allowed this moron to go out at 745 last night and address the public, address America, address the world and fall flat on his face? It was an embarrassment. Someone allowed him to go out and do that. This is unprecedented. This is not normal. So is there a setup right now to off-ramp this guy before they go into the nomination process? Because it is right around the corner this summer. And who will be next? Who will be hand-selected, be the successor of President number 46? But again, no charges. Case closed for President Biden because, well... He is simply an old, old man with a poor memory. Didn't they say that about President Trump just a week ago when he forgot, I guess, the name of Nancy Pelosi and he called Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley and they were going around screaming that President Trump has lost his marbles? With that logic, President Trump should not be facing 93 indictments. But again, these are hypocrites. 901-260-5926. Number again, 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. So got a question for Memphis Mayor Paul Young, wondering how the whole (laughs) swagger is going down in the city, right? Because we were told that when we think of Memphis and we talk about the great city of Memphis, Tennessee, we should be thinking about black swagger, not that crime is killing this this city that this swagger is happening in. Um, This was... Mayor Paul Young, let's go back to this moment during this Friday press conference. This was two weeks ago, talking about crime. And he said, this is how people need to view the city of Memphis, specifically only one demographic of Memphis. Let's be very clear. Cut 14. Memphis was recently named the largest city in America with the highest number of African-Americans per capita. More than any city in this country. I want to make sure that that is a designation that we hold with honor, that we hold with dignity. It's one that only we can claim. When people think of Memphis, we want them to think of black wealth, black culture, a city that has a soul and a swagger that can't be replicated. That's the vision that we have and the path forward for our city. But in order to get there, we're going to have to address the issues that we have around crime. On all sides of the aisle, this isn't about partisanship, 
This is about us. This is about our city, our state. So it's obvious to the mayor that only one race in this city really matters because we're saying black wealth, black businesses, because again, statistically, he's accurate in saying that we are a majority minority city. Correct. But we need to protect the black swagger in the city. So I can imagine this next story that we're going to talk about will not matter to the Paul Young administration or Democrats for that matter. Representative Justin Pearson, who was at a press conference yesterday talking about issues plaguing his community. Justin Pearson is the guy that uh, is part of the Tennessee Three. Remember him? Here's what he had to say about our crime problem. Take a listen. This is a subtle form of hijacking and hostile takeover. It's an attack on our democracy and the black and brown community. We'll bring that down real quick. Um, we've got that standby for that. We'll come back. Let me tell you this story that happened. An owner of a popular Midtown boutique. Have you been there? It's called the Ivory Closet. It's in Overton Square, which has lost about almost every business in that zip code, that little community. Her name is Jennifer Burris. I looked her up on Facebook. She's been the owner of this cute boutique for a couple years now. Now, she said an inside job has cost her her business. This was a different crime where typically we see smash and grab robberies where these thugs will just go into a business after hours, typically under the guise of darkness and steal whatever they want. They leave in their car and we never find them. Well, in this case, it was a former employee that killed her business. A 20-year-old who Jennifer, the owner of said boutique, was very good friends with. She actually called herself a mentor of this young 20-year-old. Again, Elizabeth Alt is the thug in this case. We would call her a thuglet. For those people saying that we only call a certain group of people thugs, thuglings, and thuglets, no, this is a white person, and she is a thuglet because she destroyed this business. It's very, very wrong what happened. So anyway, she was sentenced to less than one year of probation, She has to pay back about $2,000, but she stole way more than that. And when I looked on the Ivory Closet's Facebook page, here's what Jennifer had to say. Her jail sentence? Zero, Jennifer writes. The district attorney's office told me she's getting, and I quote, a freebie since it was her first offense. So if you're wondering why I quit operating my business in Memphis, it's because a real-life psychopath can come in Rob me blind and intentionally try to destroy our operation. And yet she gets a freebie. Take a listen to Jennifer here in Cut 13. Large quantities of uh, merchandise were going missing, like entire displays. Inventory is incredibly off. Our online store is damaged. Our accounting is messed up. You know, it's a beautiful shop. and And it does. I wish that I could you know, carry on and and do it for people in the community. But, um, you know, what can you do? Also, we got another headline that the Whimsy Cookie Company had to shut down its popular road location, popular road, excuse me, location, and relocate their business due to crime on their Facebook page. And these cookies were delicious, by the way. I've had them and they're beautiful. They wrote, we are still going strong, but we will not be reopening due to the crime that has taken over the area. They went on to wrote, we are in a new kitchen where we have no space for walk-in or pickup, so we're just offering delivery. 
But again, these are white business owners, so I don't expect the mayor and most Democrats to care about them. So maybe they'll care about some others. This is really devastating because Chef Tam was kind of a celebrity. Do you remember her? She won on Chopped, the big TV show back in 2022, took home $10,000. And with that money, she went ahead and started a business. Chef's Underground, Chef Tam's Underground Cafe. It was on Union Avenue. Word comes out yesterday. She's also closing up her shop, shuttering her doors because crime is out of control. Take a listen. Cut 25. I can't give you the, the timeline right now, but for a while, we've been dealing with slower sales. Of course, everybody has just because of the economy. And um, of course, we've dealt with um, break-ins um, in people's cars or thefts. And it just became a lot. The crime is not the reason that I'm uh, choosing to close, but the crime is a reason for the customers to be nervous about coming out after dark um, for the customers. Because I think we had like three uh, car thefts back to back. Um, and and they were, they were like midday. One of them was in the dark and then the other was like bright daylight. Um, So if you're the crime isn't the reason the sustainability of the business is. So you heard from Chef Tam who had to shutter her shop as well. So my advice then, Mayor, if you're not going to care about the swagger of the Whimsy Cookie Company or the Ivory Boutique, care about Chef Tam's swagger because they need help too. It's unbelievable. We'll be right back. There's, there's something happening. It just doesn't make sense. You have Joe Biden being thrown under the bus yesterday by the entire Democratic Party, the mainstream media, the DOJ. It was embarrassing. And a lot of people right now are saying this is the first step in replacing him as the nominee. The only question is, who could that replacement be? Vivek Ramaswamy on Fox News this morning. Here's what he had to say. Very bad day for President Biden. What do you think? Look, I think the number one takeaway, Trace, is this. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. I said this last year. People dismissed it as some type of conspiracy theory. Today, I think it became that much more obvious. Play this out. Biden's own Mm -hmm. DOJ and special counsel is effectively releasing a report that undermines the case for him to actually be a candidate for the U.S. presidency, right as Biden's poll numbers are cratering. We have to do the math, skate to where the puck is going, Mm -hmm. not fall for the deflection. But I do think what they're planning for is to sideline Biden as the nominee, trot in a different puppet instead. That's the most significant takeaway from tonight. All right. That is the question. Who will be? He says Michelle Obama. I don't know about that. We'll ask our next guest, new to the morning show, Amy Beth Shaver, radio talk show host with Alabama Unfiltered. And I've actually had the honor and privilege of joining them. And they are a ton of fun just down from us a little ways. Amy, welcome to the morning show. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be with you. Uh, and I mean, gosh. Thank you. Y'all do a great job, by the way. Thank- we have family in Memphis. Y'all are awesome. Todd, Todd, my boss, Todd Starn, station owner, he adores you guys. And obviously, you guys are fine. You're a trio, right? I want you to introduce yourself to our Memphis listeners. 
But what I said when I teased you at the A block of this hour, I said the reason we love them so much is in their name, Unfiltered. You guys are insane. It's amazing. So tell us about the show real quick before we get to some of these headlines. So we were a podcast first, and then we became a radio show. And one of our stated goals in the beginning was not only to suss out the truth for the issues of the day, because I think that's what people are asking, is like, what's the truth? But then what we want to do is crush the sacred cows of culture and do it in a completely fearless way, because when you know what truth is, it doesn't matter. You're not afraid to see where it leads. But somebody, one of our taglines that we have written on our whiteboard in our studio is, tell the truth. Somebody has to. And that's what we try to do every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? You get rewarded for it. Maybe not by being invited to every cocktail party, Amy, but but that's okay because we throw our own parties and tailgates at football games. It's fine. You get rewarded by being able to sleep at night. So let's talk, let's talk about last night. Um, Okay. My gosh, I got a text from Todd. He said this press conference is absolutely insane. And this comes on the heels of this special counsel report where they found found that President Joe Biden is guilty. They found evidence that he willfully retained classified documents. But because he is, quote, an elderly man with a poor memory, we cannot bring him before a jury. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Can you get over that? It was a painful press conference to watch. And I, Victor Davis Hanson said something great this morning. He said, the left and others believe that somebody who's lost his faculties and who would not be allowed to drive a semi-truck, teach a class, diagnose a patient, argue a case, wire a house, or cook a hamburger is nevertheless fit enough to run the United States of America. And and you watch that last night, and you're like, yeah, this is insane. Like, this is yeah. bonkers. It's really bad. And it would be one thing if they were consistent. But think about how the coverage of President Trump has been in the last two weeks. He made a, a gaffe. He said the name of Nancy Pelosi, I guess, in, instead of Nikki Haley. Uh, so they ran with it that President Trump was losing his marbles. Therefore, is he actually competent to run for office? Mm-hmm. If you contrast the two. There is no question, and yet you have the mainstream media, CNN, they were on loop last night running with this, dismissing any concerns that the guy is in cognitive decline. Cut three. Uh, The stutter, God bless him. I mean, the man deserves a lot of credit for fighting through that in a very public way with a camera aimed at him every second of every day uh, for someone to go through that and put up with it. You know, it takes a lot of courage. And he whether you're a Democrat or Republican, independent, uh, you know, people with hardships have to deal with hardships. Uh, He deserves a ton of credit for that. I first covered Joe Biden in Iowa in 1987. I was out there covering Governor Dukakis and went to other events. He has never been a great communicator, Uh, but he is good in small settings and he's a good small talker uh, and he puts you at ease if you're in a small group with him he's never been great off the teleprompter and (laughs) well they're right he's never been a great communicator but i mean come on there's no question the guy is losing it oh my gosh you know what here's the situation there is no question that he's losing it and first before i answer this question you know yeah okay so trump confused nancy pelosi and nikki haley but aren't they the same person yeah just one's younger kind of one's just a little prettier yeah, I mean, I'm just saying they both dress well and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, both are swamp creatures. So forgive Trump for that. Yes. But for Biden, the situation is that 
the blathering, slobbering, embarrassing coverage is because really when it boils down to it, the Democrats hate us. They don't, you don't talk to people that you respect that way. And so they get on and they have to blather, they have to slobber, they have to pretend that we're not seeing what we see. But the other situation is they don't think they're going to lose. So they don't really care. Mm-hmm. They are, like you said at the beginning, just going to slip Gavin Newsom in. That's who I think they're going to try. Um, and and But they don't think they're going to lose. They hate us. They don't respect us. And then the other part, though, is I'm a wife, and I am crushed when I see that she is willing to send her demented husband. Mm. Yeah, okay, so last night he had drugs, and he was slightly <laughs> functional. Like, he was a two- out of a 10, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, I was telling my husband this morning, I said, I am very bothered as a wife that their greed for power has resulted in a cruelty that I can't even grasp. Mm-hmm. That's on her. Yeah. And that's on whoever's running the White House. And I think Obama's actually running the White House. Yeah, I uh, agree with you. And I and think, you know, and I think they're going to try to Gavin Newsom. I think he's pretty. I think he, he speaks well. He and is. he says whatever they tell him to say. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're in panic mode because a new poll released by Gallup survey definitely is showing there's there's trouble on the horizon for this president and his reelection poll showing a huge decline in support among black and Hispanic voters, as well as young people. This has been their block that they've leaned on. This survey from Gallup showed that Republicans with black and Hispanic voters has increased by 20 percent. In the last three years, we've gained on them. Fox sent a reporter out to the south side of Chicago talking to some of those black voters. Here's what they had to say. It's pretty unbelievable. Cut 17. Biden is a racist. No wars, great policies, best years in the stock market. What do you think has done more for the black community, Trump or Biden? I ain't even see Biden yet. I know Trump was out. Biden, that's (laughs) everything. Biden ain't doing We're going to get rid of his sweet all right, so they had some strong words for Biden. So basically, the only people, Amy, that are still with him are maybe some of your contemporaries, which are white women who are moms in the suburbs and that are liberal. You're not that. You know, I mean, like white guilt big time, right? Right, right exactly. Um, but I mean, I think the greatest thing that could have happened, it's so fun to watch this, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. when the Democrats think, oh, we've got Trump now and we're going to win, uh, well, it turns on them because I think when Trump was booked in Atlanta and people were out in droves waving flags and watching Trump, you began to see a rise in, wait a minute, we are getting screwed. And so the Dems have to be in a panic because the very block of people that they, I'm sorry, actually, uh, they, they race bait them. Yeah. They've lied to them. And they're suddenly going, what in the world are we doing? So thank God people are waking up to the disaster that the Biden White House has been. I look for that number to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think we are going to be shocked and delighted as conservatives over what happens this election cycle. I really think that. Mm -hmm. But we have to put in the work. Right. I I think the one concern that I have, Amy, is sometimes we see these surveys coming out of Gallup. NBC just had one, or I believe it was CBS just had some polling, and we get a little cocky, 
And we can't play cocky right now. We have to overcompensate because we are up against a broken election system. And if you think for one second they are going to just let Trump walk back into the White House, you're delusional. So we have to act like we are 15 steps behind because probably we are. You are 100% correct. I mean, that's exactly what we have to do. We can see it. We can be encouraged by it. But we absolutely have to remain vigilant. We have to go and act as warriors in our own communities. We have to plug into our local elections. We have to watch mm-hmm. what happens at every step of the way so they can't do it again. But you're right. We have to pretend like we're 15, 20, 30 behind so that they don't get to steal it. And they're going to try every which way. Yeah. Uh, so we have to be – it's kind of like um, Survivor. We have to outwit. Yes. We have to outplay. Yeah. We have to outlast. That's what we have to do if we want to really get Trump back in. Yes. All right. Good stuff. Amy Beth Shaver, radio talk show host with Alabama Unfiltered. Can I ask you, what time are you guys on? Do you record and and tape your show or is it all, it's live radio. Do you do morning or midday or evening? We are on from 9 to 12 every day. The easiest way to find us is either at alabamaunfilteredradio.com or News Talk 93.1. That is our um, our base in Montgomery. And so either way, and then we record everything and every hour is put up by the end of the day. It uh, goes into the radio vault, like Rush used to say. Wow. And so you can catch us really all day if you want. Cool. I love that. All right. Thanks for joining my show. And we'll have to catch up again. And ever visiting your family in the Bluff City, Todd and me will take you out to um, Corky's. We'll get some barbecue, all right? Sounds fabulous. Thanks for having me on. All right. Good stuff. Amy Beth Shaver. We'll post the link to their show after the show. You guys can find out more about that. All right. So Valentine's Day right around the corner. We have gotten so much response by our listeners wanting to either get Dinstools, Puce Flowers, a gift card at Spa Collierville, or a $50 gift card from the Nutrition Bar in East Memphis. We're going to do that two times this morning. How it works, you call into the show. Be our lucky caller you go into a big back bag of contestants on Monday show at 8.30. We will have a drawing, and we will announce that live on air. We also get your information, so if you miss it on Monday, you're still going to get your prize. So be caller number uno. That is one, because I'm now doing Rosetta Stone again, to be our lucky caller to win one of these extremely cool packages for the love of your life. Here is our telephone number, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. More on the other side. Don't go away. How do people find love anymore? I'm asking not for a friend, but for myself. You know, there was a poll I saw on, this was CNBC, Shows that 42% of adults think that dating apps, Tinder and Bumble, make it easier to find a long-time partner. Only 22% of respondents said apps make it easier. Those under 30 felt slightly different of those between 18 and 29. 35% said dating apps make finding a serious partner easier. So those, uh, those are the young people. That are not, you know, used to actually having conversations with people face to face and people of older ages jumping on these apps. I guess they've known how to maybe court, date, get married, you divorce, and they're okay jumping on Tinder, Bumble, you name it. I don't know. I'm just asking. 
asking for myself and for a friend. Trip over there. <laughs> All right, let's go to our phone lines. We've got caller number one, Aaron calling in Memphis. Congratulations, my friend. You are the lucky caller. How are you? Good. Okay. Let's, How are you guys? You know, I am, I'm happy because it's Friday. I also have some really cool stories that kind of go after our district attorney and judges. And anytime I can do that makes me very happy. But I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. So are you in love this Valentine's Day, Aaron? Yep. I'm in love with my wife, Summer. Yeah. Summer. That's a beautiful name. Aaron, how did you and Summer meet, if I can ask? <laughs> we, uh, we're mutual friends and an icon. So we, uh, we actually really took most of each other's friends for a long time, but just happened that uh, one time, like, whenever we were uh, both single, they had disconnected, and the friends set us up. Oh, that's neat. So friends of friends, and that's how you get together. You go on a first date, and the rest is history. Well, Aaron, that is wonderful. And I hope you and your wife enjoy this lovely Valentine's Day. We're going to put you on hold, and Dylan Dandridge is going to get your information again. Thanks for being part of Team KWIM. Hey, we saw your phone lines. People wanting to get this, these cool partners, uh, these packages with the businesses we partnered up with. We'll do this again at 820. So if you didn't get it in this segment, Try back at 8.20. So, as I said at 7.20 this morning, race-baiting, mask-wearing state rep Justin Pearson, one of the members of the Tennessee Three, he is a race agitator who spends more time on Joe Reed's, Joy Reed's, and probably Joe Scarborough on MSNBC than actually representing me, because I am actually in his district in downtown Memphis, says that it is Republicans in the state house who are actually white supremacists bringing nothing to the table when it comes to crime. And they want to come into to Memphis and pass all of these white supremacy laws in the name of stopping crime. Four. I'll defer to any, any Memphis legislators to speak on. I mean, we were just at the Republican press conference with a lot of you, and Cameron Sexton ends his entire speech talking about Memphis crime. I'm from Memphis. People in Memphis know what we need in order to fix the root causes of problems. And we don't need white Republican leadership that focuses more on upholding the ideologies of white supremacy to tell black institutions, nor predominantly black cities and counties, how to govern or how to lead. This is the way that this General Assembly operates and has operated. We got expelled because of those same ideologies. We have to stand up against this way of governing because it is targeted, it is malicious, and it does harm to our communities. The targeting that's happening to TSU... The dude's a moron. The, I mean, to make that logic when this city is not controlled by white Republicans, this city that is war-torn and destroyed and is on its way to hell is actually controlled by black Democrats. If you just want the honest truth, if we're playing that game and you want to make this all about race... Two can play that game. But this idea that it is white Republicans in charge of Memphis crime and therefore we're out of control and they just need to stay in Middle Tennessee and never come to this part. No. Why do you think that Senator Brent Taylor is wildly popular with black communities in the Mid-South? Because he's doing something unlike Justin Pearson, who just once booked on the nightly shows on MSNBC and CNN. So shut up and stay in the House. Let's go over to the Senate where... You've got London Lamar, 
who is a state senator. I've heard she's a lovely, lovely person, but she is bringing forward her proposals to make Memphis safer. And she thought addressing violent juvenile crime needs to start in the classroom. She sat down with Channel 5. And here is what she actually had to say. If we can just give kids curriculum to teach them not to kill, well, surely they won't. Cut 11. So it's a very trickle-down effect of what's happening with these guns. And the kids stealing them out of cars. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. One of the other things I'm pushing is also more on the preventative side. This uh, I presented a bill this week that will put conflict resolution classes in K-12. through Let's teach our youth how to solve issues without resorting to violence. <laughs> what is she talking about? Dylan, did you take a conflict resolution class in K-12? through no, I missed that one. You're not violent. <laughs> no, I mean, genuinely, that's the, the, that's the logic. I guess kids are not taking this book, this curriculum mm-hmm. of conflict resolution. And that's why when they steal these guns and they're out with their friends, these 14 and 15 year olds just shoot up people, you know? So maybe. I learned that in church, not in school. Yeah. So. What book? And my parents. The Ten Commandments. Yeah. Maybe I have an idea. We drop a copy of the Ten Commandments in the book bags of all the thousands of students at MSCS. And if they actually study the Ten Commandments, could we see, could we see crime actually drop? Maybe. I, I think that's a great idea, honestly. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I don't think it is either. No. I think God's coming out of schools. He, he's, I mean, not only is God out of schools, they put sin in the school. Mm-hmm. And we got Lucifer over at the Cordova Elementary School. Anyways, with all due respect to London Lamar, um, I don't know that just adding a course in their repertoire of conflict resolution is going to address the terrorists running around our city. These little munions that are just, I don't know, I'm, they're, they're shooting everybody, and I guess maybe it's because they didn't get that class in K-12. through But it's all about root causes, right? And as Justin Pearson said, I'm a Memphian. Memphians know what the cause of crime is, and it's not violent offenders being released out onto the street. It is a root cause. That will ask Memphians and Shelby Countyans, what do you think is the quote-unquote root cause of crime, and how do we stop it? We'd love to hear from you guys. 901-260-5926. We'll be right back with State Rep. Mark White. Good morning, Memphis. Welcome back to our number two of the morning show on this. I don't know. It kind of feels dreary outside. For a Friday, I don't like it. This is Monday weather. And we will see rain all weekend, which again is a bummer. But we will see showers lift around 12 o'clock today. This evening, if you want to go out on a walk, it's not going to be sunny. You're probably not going to see the sunset, but you will be able to do that because rain stops into the afternoon hours. As you guys know, Friday is our Friday with Friends panel. Amy Spiropoulos is going to be here in about 25 minutes, as well as Trainer Jennings for a lot of fun. But first, we've got to get to one of the biggest stories in the state of Tennessee, not just here in Memphis and Shelby County. And that is whether we get a new school superintendent. There is word that that could come out today. And then also a new proposed legislation and bill that could appoint six extra board members on the MSCS school board, which is currently composed of nine. That has rocked leftists across the state of Tennessee. And my next guest is the man behind 
all of the madness for these people. But it's good because I was talking to Todd and want to welcome in Representative Mark White, who chairs the Education Administration Committee. So he knows of what he speaks. Todd, Todd and I were talking, Mark, and welcome. He said, listen, the simple question that should be asked to every person on that school board, every parent that has a kid in one of these schools, is your kid learning? Are they doing well? If you were to perform and, and do a performance review of this school board, would you give them an A? And these parents, they are not happy with the education their kids are getting in Tennessee's largest school district. That is absolutely right. And Ben, thank you and KWAM for giving me the opportunity uh, to share my thoughts. Of the, there's a press conference, as you, as you stated yesterday, putting out some errone- erroneous facts. First of all, let me just start with this, Ben. Anyone that comes up to you where I'm trying to look for solutions to what you just said, how our children are learning, and tries to divide this community based upon race, turn around and walk away from them because they're not looking for solutions. They're looking for division, Mm -hmm. and we cannot find solutions. One of my prayers every day in this community is God start a restoration movement in this community where we quit talking about race because I care about all children. I care about all races. This is not about that. This is about learning in our schools. Let me jump in here and play some of that soundbite. There was a big press conference yesterday with education activists. Keyword there, activists, race-baiting activists. Also, state representative Justin Pearson, one of your colleagues, also took to the podium at the state capitol, and here is what they had to say. Cut 15. This is a subtle form of hijacking and hostile takeover. It's an attack on our democracy and the black and brown community. And when it comes to education, it's a similar thing. They want to have their private, uh, their private schools to be able to get access to the billions of dollars that goes to our school system. This is about money, but it is about them being able to use their ideologies to affect black communities. It is wrong, it is immoral, it is unjust, and we as Democrats and as people of good conscience, including Republicans that are out there of good conscience, have to stand up against this type of government. So I'll let you respond to that. Um, You kind of just alluded to it, but Mm -hmm. my follow-up would be, well, currently, most of the third graders in this school district are struggling and going on to the fourth grade. Why isn't your concern for those children? Yeah, I didn't hear a lot of solutions in that. And you you talk about race and that you want to take over public schools. I'm going to give you some facts and figures that I want our audience to really understand. Let's do it. Let's just go back to 2018. Ever since 2018, our Memphis Shelby County schools, uh, the performance in third through eighth grade reading and math, one in five students are proficient in those skills one in five one in five 21 percent uh 20 percent uh 20.5 percent in 2022 20.7 percent and 23 and we're still working on 24 and and in math scores 17 percent last year are efficient and proficient in math 17 out of 100 out of 100 okay okay where where are we going to get our workforce from in in the years to come what I am doing is trying to address an issue, and let's talk about the money. They say the state doesn't have the right to intervene. Let's talk about the money for a second. The state of Tennessee gives $2 for every $1 the locals do. The Shelby County Commission authorizes last year $500 million for Shelby County schools. You know what the state is? Last year, I car- or a year and a half ago, I carried the bill called TISA, where we changed BEP to a Tennessee Investment Student Achievement. That's how we fund schools. Nine 
$100 billion is what the state of Tennessee sends, has sent down this year to the Memphis Shelby County Schools. Two to one. So don't tell me that I am trying to take – I cared that bill. It's interesting that you bring that up because the commissioners are also very vocal about this. You have Charlie Caswell, Mikel Lowry. They are opposing your plan. They understand. They say, and this was reported by WREG, that there are problems with MSES, but they oppose – your plan to allow the state to add these extra school board members, cut 16. I totally disagree with the idea. Just knowing where the state in the time past with the Achievement School District came in, thought they knew what was best for our children and families here. We saw that system fail our children in a mighty way. And just so happened it was a community that I served well in, in the Frazier community. And to see them to talk about they got the answer for us now, I think it's a terrible idea. Other commissioners say the state should help, but only with more dollars. Mikhail Lowry is a Shelby County Commissioner. Yeah, I say I agree with him that something needs to be done to help the district. So what they can do is increase the funding. Uh, as we know that we do not get the adequate funding that's needed from the state for our educational system. So they're saying they're not getting the adequate funding from the state. So they agree with you that there are problems. Just give us more money and you stay out of it. Yeah, that is always a solution. Give they us, get more money give than us, Give what? us more money. They get more money in this system than any other system across the state of Tennessee. The state of Tennessee. Uh, I added up in the last six years, the state has put in over $4.2 billion. Hey, by the way, during during the COVID, in the, when we got the ESSER 1, 2, and 3 money from the federal government, our school system here got a billion dollars from the federal government. So... It, money is necessary, but it's like gas in a car. You can fill your car up, but if you don't have a driver who knows where they're going mm-hmm. and who just drives around town and burns up that ga- tank of gas, how much money do you need? They are incompetent is the way that I would write it. And you actually released a letter because the school board at MSES responded to this proposal. And you sent a a letter back, and I wanted to read a a couple pieces of that letter, and this is all on our website, kwamradio.com. Representative White writes, quote, There is no longer confidence in the current school board's ability to oversee the necessary administration and educational needs for Memphis children. You cite one example of this is the board's endless search for a new school board superintendent. They are expected to release the name of that next pick. But there are a lot of people, including the mayor here, Lee Harris, a lot of commissioners that look at the, po- the person, the woman that's doing the job now and asking why. Why go to Portland, Oregon when you have an interim that knows this school district? What do you make of it? Exactly. I, I spoke to Miss Williams yesterday, the, the interim superintendent, as she's called, and uh, I get positive feedback from her. I can talk to her. I can work with her. Here's here's the deal. We have such strong Memphis leaders that we could choose from, in the, especially in the black community. People are saying, well, you're just going to bring in six people from around the state. No, if I had my wishes today, if this bill were enacted, we have strong community within the city of Memphis, black leaders who are begging for the opportunity, but they, they are just o- overlooked many times. And so we have strong leadership here. Mm-hmm. So explain how the process would work. The state could come in, appoint six extra school board members. You've made it very clear they're not going to be coming from Nashville or East Memphis. They're coming probably from this city. How does it get through the General Assembly? 
Well, it's a complex process, and and so what? First of all, you got to write a bill that's constitutional, and I'm working with the attorney general's office right now uh, to see how that the bill is not drafted or completed yet. And then once you get all that work done, then you start moving it through committee, and you got to put it with all the uh, you know back and forth in the committee system, sub full, and then goes to the house floor. Plus, you got to get it through the Senate. So it's a long process. It's a difficult process. What I am mainly doing right now is trying to bring attention to an issue. When we have so many 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds out committing crimes in our community, education is the key to a person's future. So this, we are directly affecting the crime in our community, and we are directly affecting the workforce. If you don't have the skills at 18 coming out of K-12 through to sell your skills to, to an employer who will hire you like Ford and Blue Oval City and all these other wonderful companies and FedEx, then you are – you. Commit yourself to a life of, of struggling and poverty. Yeah. I'm trying to find solutions. Let me just say this. 90% of my district is Germantown. Mm-hmm. Germantown has a high-performing school district. Do I need this headache? No. No, but I <laughs> believe in Memphis. I've been here 58 years. I love Memphis. I love all children, and I am tired of seeing our inner-city students uh, drop out are, yeah. are not not have the quality of education that every child. That's why I carry all these school choice bills, to give them a choice. What I would also like to state for the record, because here's why this guy gets our endorsement, because I have not seen anybody else's name dragged through the mainstream media and the volunteer state like the guy sitting across from me, Mark White. They say that you hate public school. And I think that is so laughable because every other week you've written another op-ed for the Tennessean, the commercial appeal, mm-hmm. saying the exact opposite because you spent your entire life in the public school system. Right. Yeah. And, and to, to my senior year, I did go to a church school then, uh, Harding Academy. Which How dare I, you? Which I, yeah, which <laughs> I loved. Uh, and, I, and I got to teach for a number of years. Uh, but that was my choice. See, there we go. That, yes, that was my choice. choice. But I love public schools because most of our students will always go through theirs. So, But we have a responsibility. Me is my role uh, in, in the state representing uh, the, the city of Memphis, uh, also serve East Memphis, representing the, the, the city of Memphis, is to make sure that we are spending our, our taxpayer money right and that we are making a difference uh, in, in our communities. I love this community. And I love all children, and it just it just it pains you that when you come out and you start talking about solutions, the naysayers and the dividers go, "Oh well, that person." We base it on race. And our community will never thrive if we don't turn our backs on those people. Wow! All right, good stuff. Gonna leave it there. Thank you for dropping by. Could not agree with you more. State Representative Mark White, who chairs the Education Administration Committee in. The state of Tennessee. Thank you for dropping by. Thank you, man. All right. Want to take your calls on it. See, Rodney, you are up next. We're going to scoot to break on the other side. Would love to hear from you guys about this new proposed legislation. Our number is 901-260-5926. 901-260-KWAM. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the morning show. We want to go straight to our phone lines right now. We are taking your calls this hour. Rodney on our phone lines. Rodney, you have some thoughts on this current school board proposed legislation that would fork over some state power in hoping cleaning up and helping maybe clean up the MSCS school district. What say you on the matter? 
floor is yours. So there's a lot of issues going on with the school board here in Memphis, Tennessee. And right now, the graduation rate is sitting in the mid-80s from one of the articles that I read. And it's interesting because the city council, the county commission, the school board is dominated by a supermajority of African Americans and Democrats, for that matter. So when you say this proposal by Mark White is, you know, racist and, you know, they're trying to attack black people, the question that comes up is, well, if, you know, the county commission, the city council and the school board is dominated by at least two thirds majority of black people, why are these black students not graduating at or reading at grade level? Why aren't they proficient in math, science, technology? Why are they behind literally every single county in the state? Mm. And I went to a historically black college. I went to the largest historically black college in the nation, North Carolina A&T in Greensboro, North Carolina. And it's interesting that when Democrats don't have a response or they don't have a plan to beat somebody else, they automatically go to the racism card, or if they're a woman, they play the you're being a misogynist card. And it's just a farce as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think if anybody met Mark White, who was just on the show um, and spent any time with him and studied his career, the last person I would claim to be a racist, as Justin Pearson, one of the state reps, claimed is Mark White. Um, But you hear this time and time again. And I would say save that right now and actually address the issues at MSCS. As he pointed out, 17% of those students, Ronnie, are proficient in math. How are they? And here's where I'm going with this, and I'll let you respond. If it is true that the systemic problems of crime are poverty and lack of education, how is not addressing it? Because at least... Mark White is doing something about it. How is not doing anything and screaming just racism, racism, racism going to give these kids a leg up, help them graduate to get a job and pull themselves out of a life of of crime? Well, first off, it's not. And the politicians and the leaders in the black community, for the most part, aren't worried about the kids and pulling them out of poverty and, you know, making them the leaders of tomorrow. They're not worried about that. They're worried about getting elected and patting their pockets like the Ben Crumbs, like the Al Sharptons and stuff like that. And as far as Justin Pearson goes, he's an opportunist and he does this for, you know, money and votes. And the way I look at it is, you know, Justin Pearson was an intern for uh, Steve Cohen. And, you know, Steve Cohen is a member of the uh, Jewish Community Center. He's a Jewish guy, stuff like that. And it's interesting that Justin Pearson was the one that orchestrated this pro-Palestinian movement that shut down the bridge the last week or so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's kind of stabbing his own people in the back, being that Cohen's the one that gave him his initial internship. Well, maybe that's because the rumor around downtown and in the Democratic Party, Rodney, is that he might want that seat. And you know what? There are voters that might give him that district Nine C. Who knows? We'll have to see. Ronnie, so appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. Let's go back to our phone lines. Bob Hendry, a true American patriot, has a different take on this proposed legislation that would give the governor, the state, six new appointees on the MSCS school board. Bob, take it away. 
I think it's a horrible idea. And, and the reason I do is because uh, what happens when uh, government steps in at, at higher levels to try to fix local problems, it is always a recipe for disaster. It smacks, actually, of communism. It's anathema to our American system of government, which says government should be of, by, and for the people. That means the local people have to decide, and this is a tough decision they're going to have to make, but they have to decide right here in Shelby County if they want to have law and order, if they want to have good schools, if they want to have safe streets or not, and then they have to live with that decision based on who they put in power. It's not for the state or the federal government even, by extension, to step in and start appointing elected local officials. It's a wide-open door to corruption, and it absolutely must not be done. The people either have to solve this problem in Memphis or live with the consequences. Those are my thoughts. Mm, mm. Bob, I appreciate your thoughts because I know that one thing about your approach to every one of these issues, whether it be crime, because you just brought up crime, is the voters have the ultimate power, and they've they've basically bargained for this with bad voting policies and the way that they vote. And this is the result, i.e. look at our crime, i.e. look at some of these school board members that are on the MSES. So it is a good take um, and, and it, we'll see how it plays out. But Bob, I don't think this is yeah. going to be easy going through even this state legislature. It's, it's an uphill climb. But Bob, going to go back to our I phone agree. lines because we've got full ones, 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. Todd, I believe this is Todd Starnes dropping by. Todd, what say you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I really have great respect for uh, for Representative White. I think he's uh, representing us incredibly well. But I have to respectfully disagree uh, with his position here. Um, I believe this is a local issue. And I think that, you know, Ben, the school boards and the school decisions have to be made locally. But I do want to say real quick here, I want to address this whole issue of racism. They're saying, and I heard your soundbite about it being an attack on black and brown people. And democracy. Yeah, let's look at the facts here. The interim superintendent is black. 13 of the 14 school district cabinet leadership members are black. Seven of the nine school board members are black. The majority of the Tennessee legislature is white and Republican. And they have literally opened up the bank account to the overwhelmingly black-led Memphis school district, giving them more funding than any other school district in the state. So, uh, again, this goes to the reporters who are at these press conferences. Why are they not pushing back and asking these elected leaders to explain how this is a racist attack on the Memphis Shelby County schools? Wow. Yeah, that's a great thought. Thought-provoking. Um, we're, we're coming up on a break, so we're going to have to leave it there. So we'll throw it out to the listeners this morning, 901-260-5926. You know, I, I'm trying to be consistent because I have said the state of Tennessee needs to come in and say Memphis from Memphis because, frankly, I don't want to get shot. Can that be copied and pasted over to the issue of education? I see both sides. Do I need a constitutional lawyer? Someone that has the constitutional right, uh, the Constitution right in my face and goes, Ben, no, you do not want to give more power to state government on a local issue like education. But on the issue of crime, I have said multiple times and I'm trying to be consistent and I can be fact-checked by you, the listeners. That's what News Talk Radio is. It's an open dialogue. I have 
ceded my rights locally to the supermajority in Tennessee because they're Republicans and they're common sense and they're not for these bad local policies concerning public safety. So could the same be true? Can I be consistent with the issue of education? Because I hear Todd's argument and Bob Hendry's as well. Um, we'll keep the conversation going. Phone lines open, 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. But we're going to have some fun on the other side of the break with my good friend, Amy Sparopoulos, a journalist across the city of Memphis, and trainer Jennings, a guy that loves the city of Memphis as well. More on the other side. Don't go away. I hadn't seen his eye apps, but I'm just... I think we were hot mic'd on that, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I, just said I hadn't seen his abs. I wasn't talking about you're, you're, Ben's abs. You're not talking I've about seen my abs. Ben's abs, and, and they're, they're great. The washboard abs. Washboard. We're talking about Travis Kelsey abs. <laughs> <laughs> Amy. For the record, I haven't seen Trainer's abs either. I know you're happily married, as I as am I. So no abs seeing this with, morning. With that, let's kick off our friends <laughs> with Friday segment. Need I introduce wow. Amy Sparopoulos because she just introed herself <laughs> and trainer Jennings with Believe in Your Spouse, also a great Memphian. Hi, guys. It's Friday. I'm so glad you said believe in your spouse because the way we started there was a little I rocky. Know, I'm so sorry. I don't love. I mean, I do love your spouse. Just FYI, I don't know her, but I love her. You love her anyway. Yes. You know, yes. the thing that I would explain and describe you to people that may not know you guys both, everybody seems to know you when I see a friend on Facebook that adds me. They have a mutual friends with both of you. Meaning, so funny. your common denominator between you two, because you guys have never met until right. today. Right, I know, yes, it's so never. funny. I just said to, to a trainer, I was like, how have we never met? I, I don't know how we've never met, because so much of what we do is very parallel. So, What you have in common is love for the city of Memphis. Yeah, Absolutely. And a lot of people are struggling with that, um, with crime the way that it is, other economic challenges. And a couple big stories we've been talking about this morning is a few different businesses packing up, shuttering their shops and saying we're done there is a popular midtown boutique in mm-hmm. overton square overton square by the way has been gutted it is really heartbreaking to see what's happening it there is so sad. jennifer burris is the owner there amy as i understand you actually know this business owner yeah um, jen and i've been friends for probably 12 years this is a crazy story. in fact i remember when she took that story when she bought that store and started that business um she's also an incredible musician and also much like trainer and i a huge champion for memphis um and so yeah it was really heartbreaking i remember when she called me about this um when it started coming to fruition and she was just having a hard time finding reliable workers and stuff like that and she really trusted this girl and you know she came in and i mean because jen in the process because of some family things had to move so she really entrusted her business with this girl all right let me jump in real quick and fill in the detail of the girl her name is elizabeth alt and as you explained jennifer described herself as a mentor this 100%. Um, actually babysat the kids. I mean, this right. is crazy. So she's calling this an inside job. When we talk about crime and burglaries, typically it's like a smash and grab robbery happening at two o'clock in the evening. That's not. Here is no, Jennifer. This was during business. <laughs> in her own words, speaking to WREG, cut 13. Large quantities of um, merchandise were going missing, like entire displays. Inventory is incredibly off. Our online store is damaged. Our accounting is messed up. You know, it's a beautiful shop. And and it does, I wish that I could 
you know, carry on and, and do it for people in the community. But, um, you know, what can you do? It's heartbreaking audio because it clearly was a passion project. Then I'll come to you, Trainer. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, she, um, to, to say, you know, when you take somebody under your wing, you mentor them, you bring them into your house to let them keep your kids. And the, the crazy thing is, you know, anybody, well, you don't even have to have a business to understand the value of trust. You know, the, I mean, it takes a lot. And as a mom myself, you know, I remember that was one of the things we went through when Scott, my husband and I had to go back to work because it was like trying to find a babysitter for your kid. Well, you don't want just anybody to come in. We're not from here, so we had to really negate and interview and trust other people, you know, that this is somebody that's going to come in and not rob you blind and not abuse your kids and lottie, lottie, lottie. And um, I know Jennifer well enough to know that she is a very trusting person. So it took a lot for her to, you know, interview this girl and, and really entrust her to keep the store in her um in in her attention and with her overnight. The crazy thing is this is so brazen the girl knows she has cameras and she does it anyway to me that is and i cannot stand this word pure entitlement yeah stop it stop it let's i mean i'm sorry you know stop two other shops that are shuttering their doors and closing down business and this is sad the whimsy cookie company is shutting down its Poplar Road location. Here's what they wrote on Facebook, Trainer. We are still going strong, but we will not be reopening due to crime that has taken over the area. Went on to said we are went on to say they're in a new kitchen where we have no space for walk-in or pickup. They are offering delivery. And then Chef Tam's underground cafe on Union Avenue. She sat down with Channel 5 and she said, Yes, the economy was bad. We've struggled with inflation, then the January storms, but also it's a concern with crime. People are not going out to some of these businesses. Look, people are being arrested. The problem is they're not being prosecuted. And I want to give you a, a, a quick story. So there was a, a lady, a friend of mine. She had a $26,000 vehicle stolen. They caught the person. And uh, this this was his punishment. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of it's really not a punishment, but time served. The time served was less than 24 hours, and that's when he was trying to get bail, okay? So that was his punishment, and he pled to a crime of a 1,000 or less, okay, which is a mis- I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a misdemeanor. Yeah. So he stole a car, and his only punishment was less than 24 hours in jail. Mm. I mean- you know, if if there's no pun, why would you, why would you want to change? Well, and that's know? to tie it to both of these stories that you've weighed in on. Now, that's exactly what Jennifer said with the ivory closet. She wrote this on Facebook. She said, "Not only did this employee Elizabeth do all of this, but her jail sentence was zero. The district attorney's office told me she's getting a quote freebie since it was her first offense." And Amy, right. she went on to say, "If you're wondering why I." cold quit operating my business in Memphis it's because a real life psychopath can come in rob me blind and intentionally try to destroy our operation and get, and get away with it there are no consequences and if there are no consequences you're going to see it happen next week correct okay correct all right now that we've got that out of the way cuz i really feel bad for these business owners without them we really don't have a city so it's and, this weird yeah. thing of trying to keep the the economic stability there but a lot of people like all three of these businesses that we just went through they're really disheartened 
pessimistic and over it. Right. And can I just say this real quick? I, I don't please don't point the finger at police because police are doing the best job they can. It, it, it I mean, the police can only do what the police can do. It goes h- much higher than the police. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it really does. And that's why I'm so glad you brought that up, because everybody's quick to say, oh, well, it's their it's the police's fault. It's the police's fault. It is not. I mean, if you say that, that I mean, with all due respect, I think that means you're uneducated. Yeah, you don't know the system. It's not the police's fault. It goes way <laughs> higher than than the police. No, and that's so interesting that you bring that. I know you work really closely with our Memphis Police Department, 901 Back the Blue. Shout out to those people. You see on a daily basis what they have to go through. Trainer, and you've actually, and this is crazy, you have done ride-alongs with these guys and seen it for yourself. It's not easy being an MPD officer in the city of Memphis right now. The the, the first ride-along I went on was a high-speed chase for about 35 or 45 miles around the city of Memphis, and uh, they had an armed... Uh, they had somebody held against their will in their car. They kidnapped a, p- a person. Four people kidnapped a guy, and and so we're we're traveling around and and we find them. I I saw the victim thrown from the car, and when we when we they had helicopters, they had dogs, they had they had all kinds of police force, and they caught. They ended up catching all four, but one of the kids had a smile on his face. He had just led, and 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 the reason is. He knows he's going to get let right back out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you should look at some of the bails that these people get for kidnapping and armed robbery. I mean, it is it. Our, I, I'll tell you, our judges and DAs—they're—they're—they're they're, they're basically being the front money for all these people running mm-hmm. around. I mean, mm-hmm. no different than I used to drive around at a cleaning business. I used to drive around looking at buildings to clean. Well, these kids today, they drive around looking for cars to break in. Right. That's right. I mean, it's no that's different. Right. You know what I'm going to start doing? Because I started this week, you guys. I am going down to 201 Poplar every Monday and to the criminal court, which you can do. You know this as a journalist, Oh, Amy. 100%. And it, it, it's very humbling, isn't it? It is. And you get to see it in real yep. time. You yep. get to see what courts are really lenient on yeah. perpetrators. Because yeah. there is a difference in how those judges hand down their, their sentences. You also see the ones that actually show up to the criminal court, and that's, don't get me started. Half of these judges aren't getting through these backlog cases. Amy Wyrick was on the show recently. She said 200 of these cases are right now sitting in the docket. Last year, they were able to get through 40 of them. Only it's 40. Insane. It's insane. All right, so let's, let's move on um, because we are going to pivot into some funner headlines with it being Super Bowl weekend. Are you guys excited? I don't know. I do not watch the Super Bowl. Do you guys? I, I really don't. What about you, trainer? It's all right if you don't. I do. I, I've actually been to one before, but uh, oh, but, really? Which one? Yeah, it was in 2013, and a Beyonce was the halftime show. It's when <laughs> the lights went out, and there was like a delay in yes, the game for like an hour. Oh, that's or cool. Something. Oh my yeah. gosh. What a great first. Queen B. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. Are, so are you guys excited for the halftime show performance? Because it is Usher this year. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the guy's kind of cool. So anyways, why this is a flex and what they're saying is he's the first independent artist to take the stage, having left his pre- previous record label. So a lot of these people will have um, other artists take the stage with them. If you think back to Katy Perry, Prince, Beyonce, they have all of these other performers with this guy, Usher, he's going to keep the show on himself. 
that is unless Taylor Swift can keep the cameras <laughs> off mm-hmm. herself. Yep. And that is, you know, that's that's the story with this weekend. Oh my gosh, so Taylor Swift it. is performing her big tour, the Aris tour in, in Tokyo right now. Yes. And there is a little bit of concern that her itinerary is going to lapse a little bit and she's not going to get from Tokyo to Las Vegas. And a lot of people, trainer, don't want her to make that flight. What do you make of this surrounding Taylor Swift <sighs> And the controversy with so, the NFL. So, you know, we have a Facebook, we have a, a social media page called Believe in Your Spouse. And so I, I, as soon as I knew they were going to the Super Bowl, I just put a video together and I said, hey, I think it would be cool if Taylor Swift was were to be able to sing, sing the national anthem in the Super Bowl. Oh, that would be cool. We had 600 comments. 595 of them were the worst threat you could ever give me for say, for saying that, right? It was just, they they hated it. And I was just like, I mean. I, I don't was, understand. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. It, it. And it's not like she's out there saying, put me on camera. If anything, she's telling she's, the camera. She, yeah, you're right. You're she right. Don't, she don't want to be on camera. You're right. She Yeah, she's not parading her, her stuff. Yeah. I think that for the NFL, why they are taking advantage of this is because it's affecting their bottom line. They would be stupid not to. Oh, 100%. My husband pulled something up last week and said that the attention and the merch for Kansas City Chiefs has, I mean, the number that he told me was like, what in the world? What in the world? And you know what? The advertisers are watching as well. They are. CNN ran this headline, Health and Beauty Companies, some for the first time are joining this scrum of beverage technology and auto brands that have long been a staple of the blockbuster sports event, the Super Bowl. So you guys know the Super Bowl ads are all about cars, beer, guy stuff. Yeah. Well, now it's all filled with like now Sephora. it's collagen. Yes. <laughs> Lor- no, genuinely, L'Oreal, Cardi mm. B's plugs, mm. her mm. duck plump lip gloss. Um, I'm reading down. <laughs> I'm reading down through some of these things. So, I mean, they're taking advantage of it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think for some NFL viewers that have been lifelong, they are frustrated when they're watching ESPN and they talk about Taylor Swift. But I have seen the stats and the amount of time that she is actually on camera and in their mouth. It's not that much. Like, that's See, a little bit this, overblown. This is what bugs me. The, these are the same people. I, I I guarantee you, trainer, these people who said this on your page are the same freaking people who were like, I can't believe Dolly Parton would get up there looking so scandalous. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what? When I'm Dolly Parton's age, if I even remotely, if, if, even <laughs> yeah. remotely look like that. Yeah, she earned it. <laughs> she earned that. You're going to see me going naked on stage because yeah. I'm going to be like, that's right. I got this. All right, Janet Jackson. I mean, but it's like, come on, y'all. Why why in the world? I mean, and I used to say this when I would hear somebody say something. I'm, I would be like, get a hobby. Mm-hmm. Get a hobby. Get another job. Something. Because if your life is that miserable, you can critique another woman. And the crazy thing is, most of these people slamming these women are women. Oh, I know. I oh, know. my God. Yeah, which kind of goes kind of goes against the whole thing that it's just the patriarchy. It's not. Women are upset about it too. All right, we've got to take a break. You guys are hanging out. More on the other side, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey controversy. Because I guess it's the big rave these days. We'll be right back.
and welcome back to the morning show. This is really kind of the last hee-haw before Valentine's Day, and no bigger way to get in the mood and the spirit than a couple of our businesses that we partner with. Get this, still with Amy Spropolis and trainer Jennings, we partnered up with Puce. No better flowers in the city oh, than this. I love Puce. Dinstel's Candies. Yum! Best chocolate in America. Yeah, ever. Abs- absolutely. Not just the Mid-South. Spot Collierville, great Collierville. They do facials and nails and Botox for the ladies. They're partnering up with us to give a $100 gift card to a lucky caller. And then a $50 gift card at the Nutrition Bar. Have you guys been there yet? It's right near the um, Genesis Diamonds uh, across from the I Oakland have been Mall. there. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it nice? Oh, yeah. Also one of our great sponsors. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's what you have to do. Just be caller number two. Phone in and you will be entered into our big giveaway on Monday to win one of these four items. We've been doing it all week and you guys have responded. So 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. In a nutshell, when someone asks you both separately, how did you guys meet the love of your Laos? uh, uh, Laos. No. That's okay. The love of your life. Yeah. What do you say? What's your story, real quick? I actually met my husband at um, a party at Pat Tigret's house. Pat Tigret um, is a very influential uh, couture designer from Memphis, and we were both invited because we had both just, uh, I had started at Channel 3. He had been there for a while, and we were on the rooftop of her um her condo in downtown Memphis, and my friend was like, hey, do you know that guy? And I was like, no, but he seems kind of cocky. Maybe I need to knock him off his block. And the next thing you know? <laughs> and the next thing I know, he was asking me to da- to go out on a date. And you know who reminded me of that? This is funny because I had actually forgotten that. And I saw Alex Coleman not too long ago. And mm-hmm. Alex was there with me. He was that friend. And he said, Amy, I remember when you were Amy Spears and you stall Scott Sparopoulos. This is what you said. And I was like, oh, my gosh, did I really? <laughs> well, 20 the, years later. The reason I ask is because I talked about this story briefly and I wanted to get your thoughts. 42% of adults think that dating apps make it easier to find someone. So we're talking about Tinder, Bumble, mm. I don't know, Hinge is another one. But it breaks down with a lot of young people. Older people are not finding the advantage of jumping on a Tinder and Bubble. And I'm not completely shocked. Yeah. Trainer, what say you? I mean, you've been married for five years. Was it an app? Was it face-to-face? There's no right or wrong answer. So... There's a joke behind this. When my wife and I are out, we tell people, like, well, you don't want to hear about it. We, you probably never heard of this show. And they're like, no, no, no. Well, what is it? We're like, yeah, we met on uh, Naked and Afraid. <laughs> and uh, these people are like, stop oh it. And they were like, what? I what? love that yeah. show. <laughs> That, that's what we tell people. We met on Neck and Afraid. And I'm like, you know, I lasted all 21 days. My wife, she was out on day two. You know, but she stuck around for me. Oh, my. Right? That's funny. That's she stuck funny. around for me. Wow. So, so no. what a great way to intro. That's really not how it started. <laughs> I love that. But that's a great story. Let's let's talk to one of our callers real quick. Hey, Trip, what we're going to do, give me a thumbs up when we can go to caller one. Um, and talk to Zena in Memphis. We'll get her on in one second and then go back to our conversation. Um, Zena being our lucky winner, let's get her on trip. Zena, welcome to the morning show. You're on with Amy Trainer and me. How are you? Oh, hi. How are you? Good morning, Evan. Sweet morning to you guys. And it's a lovely day and a lovely morning. And of course, a happy Valentine's Day for everybody. Next week, God willing. And uh, I was wondering about, uh, like, uh, I was reading the other yesterday about giving uh, advice uh, concerning his uh, 
sweet uh, congratulations for his uh, yes uh, do you have oh, any advice yes, yes 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 i do i do i do it's uh it's the two words it's to love and compromise like don't you ever go back to her to bed or like go to sleep what have you and then she said hi i love her and whatever it is done whatever it's tried and difficulty and you will find definitely will be some sort of prize and differences between you two guys along the way but it doesn't matter the end of the day it's all about you it doesn't matter i always will sleep uh, mm. songs always played uh, by night and it's like doing the, the movie that's good time. advice and that is that's incredible advice zina stay on hold we're going to get your information for you to win that contest Wow, that is good advice. At the end of the day, it all comes down to why you fell in love, and sometimes you have to be reminded of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it out I to you that. guys as we go into Valentine's Day. Your advice for those couples as we go into the 14th. You've got 10 seconds. Go for it, Amy. Love, love, love. Respect. Mm-hmm. That's mine. How about you? You have to believe in each other. Without belief, it will never work out. Yeah. All right. You've got to check out Trainer's website. Believe in Your Spouse, Facebook, all of that information. We'll get it posted. That's why he's wearing a hat called Believe in Your Spouse. I love it. Guys, thanks for dropping by. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Hey, thank you. This is fast, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. let's do it again. Maybe we do it a little I bit longer. It. All I right. love it. Have fun, guys. And you guys out there, go to our website, kwamradio.com, kwamradio.com. We will see you guys bright and early Monday morning, all right? So see you then, starting at 7.